Is Hot Girl Summer still happening this year? How many carbs are in a White Claw? If I squat every day, will I get a dump truck? I'm Shay. I'm Leah. We are Two-Tone Training. You're listening to Don't Tone Alone. All right. You know when you love one thing and then you just, you almost start to look obsessive and it's, I blame Karen. I blame our mom who gets, you tell her you like, like avocados, for example. And then before you know it, you are in a full fledged avocado sweatsuit (laughs) with avocado dressing in one hand and avocado chips in the other. Chrissy, you're rocking like the mint green. I feel like the mint green is your, your your vibe. Mint green, green. also with the health and wellness. Mint green water bottle. Every hour. I'm ahead. I'm ahead. I, our cousin Tara told our mom that she likes mustaches. And to this day, she was like eight when she said this to this day, she has every holiday, you know, she gets the mustache pillow and the mustache keychain and the like enough, Karen, it's enough. You've gone. I'm going to be like, Karen, I'm obsessed with money. I'm just, I love cash. Just throw so, it at me. So just bring fun. it my way. <laughs> it's about having a personal brand though. Like Chrissy, you're very branded. You have the, the mint green going for you, but I'm so excited to reconnect um here on the podcast. We met really briefly at a five hour brunch, the, <laughs> the five hour brunch. She came home. She was like, I was literally face down, ass up and pancakes and mimosas for five hours straight. It was the best. That place was such a vibe. It was such a nice day out, but we were like in this like New York basement. It was like very New York aesthetic, um, if you will. (laughs) That's my word aesthetic again. (laughs) Aesthetic. (laughs) Um, So for those toners tuning in, we have Chrissy Stewart here with us, a woman of of many talents. um, But I think first of all, we got to get into your job. Chrissy, can you let our viewers know, our listeners know, people tuning in yeah, on it? That YouTube, was a part of her talents. Definitely. What you do for a living because it, we've it's been, very intriguing. Yes. Absolutely. So for over five years, it'll be six years soon. I've been a matchmaker, a premium matchmaker at a premium matchmaking service. And it's called three day rule matchmaking. And first question I get nearly every day is, what the hell is three day rule? Right. And so yeah. if any of you have seen the movie, the swingers with like Vince Vaughn, that kind of comedy crew, basically it's just a calm where they're in Vegas and they go on dates and the next day they're all at breakfast, probably hungover, thinking you have to wait three days before you call that woman. Like you got to wait three days. And so I haven't seen this to- movie. Have you seen it? What is it called? It's called the swingers. And I had never seen it. No, like, now I need to watch it what's three day rule. And I was like, let me go watch that movie and let you know. So basically our founder Talia is just kind of making fun of that. There's, there's no rules. Right. And so with the premium matchmaking, we're basically, we're active in the major cities, LA, Orange County, San Francisco, Silicon Valley, Chicago, New York, where I am. The places where people need help dating. Exactly. And there's only a few others, but we're in the major cities and we have a free pool. So what they can do is join that takes two minutes. And then from there, that's what we use to match our paying premium members. And so you may be thinking, I'm on enough dating apps. Why the heck would I join that? It's super different because if you're a premium member, you have a matchmaker saving you the time and energy. So I tell my clients like, sit at home, have your wine, watch Bravo. (laughs) I'll be the one going on these fake dates. And we basically vet everyone. So I learn all about who are you? What are you looking for? What are your deal breakers? 
which religion do you want to raise your kids? Like all these things you're not bringing up on a first. Date, I right? love that. And I guess my biggest question is, I'm sure you guys do some research, especially when it comes to your clients. Like, have you guys realized like what the tipping point is? Okay. By the time that someone downloads five dating apps and have swiped 253 people, that's usually when they take it to the next level and say, okay, I need a matchmaker. It's funny you say that because what we find are the people working with us, they're saving time and energy. They can go on their dates. It's more like, think of me as a love recruiter where they don't come to me and say, I don't know how to go on a date. What a title. (laughs) I am a love recruiter. (laughs) Just call me Cupid. Yes. Like find me in Trader Joe's and I see someone that's good looking and I'll be like, excuse me, do you ever think of single? (laughs) No shame. Do you actually do that? Are they receptive or they're like, um, I'm in the frozen section. Leave me alone. They nervous, you know, they laugh. And if they're not single right away to make them more comfortable, I'm like you must know someone, family, siblings, friends, like coworkers, there's gotta be someone single. So at the end of the day, us matchmakers are kind of the ones going out there, recruiting singles, talking to them. Another cool thing is when we match them, we know they fit what they're looking for. So what we don't know is, will there be a second date? Will there be chemistry? Right. How will the conversation go? But they go, they do that, and then I get feedback on both sides after the date, which is super helpful. Another thing that's not on the apps, right? Right. Well, also, I was thinking as, like, I know that a bunch of, like, single friends are always asking, like, okay, well, where – I'm so tired of looking for guys. Like, where can I meet them? And I one place I would suggest, honestly, would be, like, a Whole Foods or a grocery store, yeah. not a bar. But it's funny. You no, know, you might not find that guy, but you will find – your matchmaker will find that guy there. Right. Mm-hmm. 100% even on the ad mat at my Equinox. Sometimes I'm even on calls there and then I see someone staring thinking, what is she asking this person? What kind of interview is this? And right after they go, I'm sorry, I was just listening. What do you do? And of course I answer, but then I go, are you single? Yeah. And by the way, I'm glad you introduced yourself. This is reminding me of married at first sight, but like you're not getting married right away, which is nice. But I can see how, like before I was like, how do people possibly get sucked into that show? But now I realize it's because you have someone doing the hard work for you. And maybe asking, yeah, like you said, some of those uncomfortable questions. What are some of like the top questions that you would ask when interviewing, I guess, a client or kind of matching someone up with a perfect match? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing that we go over with any of our premium members, we make sure we're on the same page with this before moving forward. First, it's their three must-haves, their values. They're the things that are most important. We're not wanting it to be six foot five, billionaire. Let's leave that as Oh, so that, that would have been on my list, but okay. <laughs> Scratch that, okay. Let's move those to nice-to-haves because these are the things that you can't change, right? Like perhaps it's sense of humor, perhaps it's motivation, health and wellness. It could be something along those lines. And then we have the 10 nice-to-haves that we like to sprinkle in. That could be anything. That could be this person likes to play golf or likes my favorite TV show. And then we also have deal breakers, things that someone may say, absolutely not. I am not okay with that. And they, if they would have shown up on that date and learned about one of those right away, they would have thought, oh my gosh, I did my hair. I put my outfit on my makeup. I paid for an Uber. I got here. If I had known he didn't want kids or perhaps it's a political thing these days. We've all had those. What yeah, are, what, I was going to say, what are the most common one deal breakers for men? And then what are they for women? Yeah. So they're actually pretty much the same on both ends. And with the deal breakers, 
especially we're in our major cities. I'm in New York. Um, Trump supporters is a big one yeah. for many people um, or extreme in, in general. And then another is cigarette smokers. And what's interesting Ooh. there is I rarely come across someone who says they still do, which is kind of nice. Oh, but that is good to hear. Like deal breaker, right? So that's another one. And then sometimes it's if that person's not looking to get married or have kids. And a lot of times people wonder, you know, like especially on the apps, people could be looking for anything, a one night stand. Whereas with three day rule, no one's going to come to me and waste their time because I'm vetting them. We set up a 30 minute Zoom. I'm learning all about who they are, why their last relationship ended, what they're looking for. That right there to me shows they are not just looking for a one night stand or they could go to that a would be That would be a little them. extra. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that we know, you know, we're more confident about too. Wow, that's mainly Leah. What are what do you, are there any things that come to mind for your like automatic like deal breakers? Deal breaker, just like laziness in general. Like if you're just lazy, I just I can't stand but it. But I don't know if that's something you can vet for. Like who is gonna like openly admit? Like just so you know, know. before you set well, me up with anyone else, I'm a lazy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they're like, what do you like to do on the weekends or like what's your like yeah. nighttime routine? Like sitting on the couch. Well, that's another out. question for you. Is like you probably can kind of get the vibe. Like I'm right. sure some of the stuff that you have to do in the interview process is find the things that they're not kind of they're not saying read between the lines yes 100 an example of that is you know some people list their salary some super successful men especially in our cities they don't want to list it because why would they want to think that a woman is interested in them just for the money they have and so with that some people may say well how do you figure that out it's the questions we have you know maybe it's where do you live are you, do you have roommates? Are you living alone? Do you own this place? Similarly, travel, right? Travel is travel, but where do you like to go? Are you staying in a luxury hotel or are you bouncing around? Oh, and then, yeah. yeah. Those types of things. And especially even too, if you like going out to eat, if someone mentions, I like to save that money, I stay in, I go out once a month. Then we start to hear right. in our true conversation, what their lifestyle is like. It doesn't always have to be a fully direct question. I think my favorite question would be, why did your last relationship end? 100%. Because everyone thinks they're perfect. Yes. And what I also ask there is, what did you learn about it? What were things you loved about that relationship that you're seeking again and vice versa? What didn't work that you know you're not looking for again? And I think that's really helpful too, because I know my premium members so well that if they really fit that. I go, Oh, amazing. You guys are on the same page. Or if she fits what they're not looking for, then I think about it and I say, all right, I'll let you know if we're going to move forward. And I take all of that conversation before deciding, am I going to move forward with this match? So it's super helpful to vet them. Yeah. And I mean, I can imagine for you, someone who knows so much about dating, does it make dating for yourself like better or harder? Do you think? Great question. So yeah, I've been doing this for about six years. Of course, you know, there's been relationships, times where I've been single. And I think that both of that helps the Definitely. people that I'm working with. Because sometimes they come and they think, oh my gosh, you don't understand. Dating is exhausting, you know, in New York City or in our cities. And I'm like, you know what? I've been there. I, I know all about this. I know all about this. And I absolutely follow exactly what I tell my clients, the way that I'm coaching them. I also coach myself. And one of the biggest things I can tell this to you guys or anyone listening that I find so, so, so important is that many people, especially today where we have Netflix options, Amazon Prime, Seamless, we expect things right away, right? Even with the dating apps, swiping until you find that perfect person, you expect to be married tomorrow, 
really sparks are not a thing, right? Like the fireworks after the first date, rarely, rarely, rarely do those turn into a relationship. Yeah. Whereas it's the slow burn. When I get feedback after a date and my client says, it was all right. We had good conversation, but I'm not really sure. I don't you're know. like jackpot. You're meant, you're meant to be. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> I'm like, say that again, go on another date. And I push them on another date and they kind of hear me in the back of their mind when they're not really sure if they really liked it. I say go because vice versa, the ones that come back and say it was amazing. It was five hours long. I'm obsessed. They're gorgeous. That flame fades. Yeah. And then I say several dates later, what's left? Do they have those must-haves? Can you see yourself with them for the next 40 years? If not, then that's not a success. And so I think the biggest, biggest thing is that slow burn. And then similarly, the more open-minded someone is, the better. People are so used to looking on the apps. Here's what I see. It's a resume on paper. Next, at the end of the day, they don't get that 360 view of the personality, the voice, the confidence, the laugh. Maybe they're one inch shorter. Maybe they are super confident. Maybe someone's six, five and he has zero personality. And so I really try to remind people there's so much more to it than just the photos and the stats, if that makes sense. Definitely. And I imagine the biggest struggle now is that since there are so many options, people are always looking. The grass is always greener. The grass is always greener, right? People are just like, okay, the person I'm dating is great, but like I saw this six, five billionaire on Raya and now I'm jumping ship. 100%. And that's why I also have to remind people and everyone that there are, I mean, I'm the one that may take an hour to find something on Netflix. I'm reading the reviews. I'm seeing what's better. If that's how we treat dating, like you said, we are not going to end up with the right person and it may take decades. And so when people are working with us, we have the matches count. And what I mean by that is if we didn't, people would treat um, premium matchmaking as if it's a dating app. Next, next, I'm looking for my unicorn. The unicorns don't exist. And so we really have to just dive in, give it a try. And then a lot of times, even when people aren't excited or they feel some hesitation, they come back and they're like, wow, never would have gone. So glad I went. So I always tell everyone, including friends, go think of it as an hour of your life, which is nothing. Right. A free meal. Exactly. (laughs) Free meal, free drink, free laugh, whatever it is. When you leave, you'll at least know that you gave it a try versus just swiping and assuming. And so I think that's really important with the process. Are there any tips you give to your uh, people on there uh, the yeah. that are going on these dates like to prep them? Yeah, because I feel like when people come to you, they're probably like, I don't know. My guess is sometimes like putting the blame so much on like, well, there's not much option, many options out there. And you're, and then go, you go through the interview process and you're like, all right, well, like now I understand why you are in fact single. <laughs> Clear as day. <laughs> exactly. So a few things come to mind. One, when we're providing photos in a bio on both ends, so they know about the person. We don't include last names or the name of the company they work at. Why? Even though everyone does it anyway. We don't want them to stalk yeah. because so many times you can even go to someone's Instagram or their LinkedIn or their old school Facebook and think that that's who you're going to meet. So many times you show up and it's the person's so different. And so we don't want that to happen because we really want it to be show up, learn about them then. So that's one. Two, the thing that I say every day is dating is all about momentum. It is all about momentum. You can go on an yeah. amazing date. If the next person is someone's going to be away for weeks, many times they don't meet again. All of a sudden you kind of forget how great that date was, swipe for someone else to come back and that's it. 
yeah. similarly in that sense, when I'm about to match two people, I always ask both of them, what's your availability? Do you have a trip coming up? When are you back? And I wait until it's a few days before then to give the guy the woman's number because I do not want there to be pen pals. And I'm sure anyone on the apps knows. Interesting. You can be talking to that person. You think you know them. Oh, they're witty banter. You show up. That's not who it was or vice versa. Shitty texter, barely hear from them. You think they're not interested and you never meet. And so I say, nope, you are going to text her to set up the date. Get the date on the calendar. Don't be pen pals in between. Save it all for the date. And it really Um, helps. I find so many people fall into that pen pal trap. Yeah. And what is your suggestion, I guess? So for most people who don't have the luxury of having a dating service, people who are on the apps, like, do you have like kind of like some rules and some guidelines that we can give these people? Like how many text exchange should there be before taking it to an in-person date or how much, how much conversation on the app before you take it to the number? Right. Right. Totally hear you. And sometimes it doesn't even go to a number, right? It's just on that app, then you meet there. Sometimes that's easier for people going on a yeah. lot of dates because they yeah. they'll know which mic it was or whoever. Right. Um, but I do think that obviously there has to be some back and forth. Got to get a little idea about the person, especially if there's not much information. You're really not able to vet them with the matchmaking process like we can. So you want to make sure you know enough. If you feel comfortable, if you had a good conversation, I say if you're even curious in the littlest bit, go. Yeah. Take an hour go. Right. And so I would say that works, but if it just starts to be slow, not really hearing back, they're not moving forward. There's nothing wrong with either person just throwing it out there. Like, Hey, here's my number. If you want to meet, I'd be down. Right. Something. And that sounds casual because it's also, it's not saying let's meet tomorrow, but it's here. Now the ball's in your court. And really what I always remind people is if they don't answer, that's fine. You won't be super upset. You never met them. You know, nothing about them. They do answer great. There's nothing to lose. You can go out and meet them and have an amazing time. So I think that is awesome. It kind of ends that. And I, I don't see any reason not to. I know. I think I always like gravitated towards people who are a little bit more proactive. Like say I matched with someone who was like, oh my God, that guy is a smoke show, but then was slow, slow to respond and didn't set up a date. Didn't set up a date. Whereas this guy who I was like, eh, like iffy about was super proactive was like I booked this for us let's do this I'm like okay like I really wasn't considering necessarily like meeting this guy in person I was had my eyes on the other guy but um I I love I appreciate the hustle so yeah and that also one last tip there reminds me and I know we're now a little farther from the isolation during COVID when a ton of people were on the apps matching they weren't there right and so rather than just always think you have to find new humans on the planet on those apps go back to the ones where there was a conversation and it ended. We don't know why it could have been, you were busy. Right. Someone was traveling. Someone was seeing someone else and things can change. So there's also nothing at all to lose by going back to them. And maybe it's just a, Hey, how's it going? Or it could even be a, Hey, you may be married with kids, but if not, and you want to connect, like I'm down. Right. And so it's just another way of you'd show up to the bar, see if someone happens to be single. If not, you walk over to your friends, nothing to lose. Well, I, I love the strategy too of just planning something that's very casual and where you have an escape plan. So what I did during COVID, I was on hinge and I would always plan these like coffee walks because then if I like them, I'm like, okay, we can elongate this. Maybe let's go grab a bite to eat after. If I didn't like them, I was like, well, walk's over. Gotta go. Yeah. I set my Apple watch for 20 minutes and that's all. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Too much exercise. I'm done. If you're dressed got your outfit on, go meet a friend after. And I I say that, especially if they feel exhausted and 
don't want to go on these dates. What if it sucks? I say, it's an hour of your life right after have a plan, do something you want to do. Your hair will be done. Your outfit will be there, your makeup. Yeah. And then you won't have felt that you wasted your day. And I think that mindset really helps versus if someone shows up at a date, so excited, expecting this to be their person. And then it's not fun. Then they're really upset. So if you go in with those, I don't know what's going to happen. Let's see. That's the best open-minded mindset to have that kind of leads to the positivity and the success in that way. I love these tips. I think they're so helpful. My my next question, I guess, is as far as like setting up your profile, I know that when you are doing it for your clients, they definitely have kind of um, you pushing them in the right direction. And this is kind of what it should include. But for people setting up dating apps, what are some things that they should look out for maybe when matching someone and for their own profiles? What should they include? Great question. So that's another thing I do for my clients. I have them screenshot their profile, send them my way, and I give them my feedback. So one thing, and anyone who's on those dating apps will have definitely seen this. <laughs> if it's a group full, of, if it's men, maybe there's a million of them on the golf course, sunglasses, same outfit, and you're playing Where's Waldo in picture number yeah. one and two. Like, we don't have the time and the energy for that. Oh yeah, next. Same with all the girls in sundresses and sunglasses, right? It's like, how the hell am I supposed to know? Whereas we know, when we put up a picture, we know who we are. We know which ones our friends are. Other people don't. So the first photo has to be not only very clear who you are, but also the best one. Maybe there's a photo on that app that you get the most likes. Put it on the top because there are so many people, yes. could even be yourself, that swipes right past, only looks at the first. They don't go all the way through. Mm -hmm. So I say, whichever one you get the most likes for, put it on the top. And then in terms of prompts, if you're on Hinge and you can do that, you don't want to be too specific. Sometimes people say, here's what I'm looking for. And they drop an entire, yeah, you're like, Oh my God, <laughs> this guy has a laundry I'm list. Scared and I'm scared. Scared. Yeah. Yes. And that's fair that they want to be clear of what they're looking for. What's not great about that is then someone's reading it. If there's one little thing they're not a fit for, they go, all right, well, I'm not a match next. You know, like the, it could be the littlest yeah. thing. And at the end of the day, those things don't matter. And so that's something I don't suggest. Similarly, ask a question. You can say something funny. Maybe it's witty banter, but if you just say it, maybe they just like it. you got to end it with what about you or ask a question so that they have an easy in to comment. And it leads to a way more unique, fun conversation versus like, like, Hey, how's your, how was your weekend? People get bored. That's usually when the conversation ends. I love the that controversial like profiles. It's like, all right, unpopular opinion, like Chipotle sucks or, or something like that. Because even if it's so stupid and then you end up arguing with the guy or girl, then you can tell their personality so quickly from that good argument. Good banter. Good chat, good banter. You, do you watch Absolutely. all the reality shows? Do you watch Love Island UK or are you confused? I, guys, don't, everyone's going to punch me. You're going to, you're going to shut me off. Of this yeah, and X. <laughs> You don't own, really you don't want reality. But I know all about them. I know all okay. about all right, them. That's and that fair. one I hear is absurd. I will. I'll watch it. All right. <laughs> and when we meet in person, yeah, that's you what have we're going to do. Where we have a reality yeah. show binge. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we're exactly. due. Um, okay. So clear photo, definitely at the top. I think that is a must. Some engaging prompts. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Anything that definitely is it's like a no, 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 no. no. So something I find that's a no-no that really drives me crazy. And I want to heart, this is what I'm recruiting to when I heart or like them to say, don't say that 
when someone sounds really angry and they're like, if you do this, if you do that, swipe left. <laughs> and, you know, they just come across really yeah. <laughs> Okay, got it. And Copy. Like, okay, calm down. Nobody likes to see that because you really, there's already enough negativity in the world with dating. So anything that's more positive is great. So I think that the more specific, the more direct and the more this is what I need. If you're not this, get out of here. Huge turnoff, I think, to anyone and everyone. So I, I would that, say- yeah. Make it clear who you are in the photos, make, tell a little about yourself in those prompts and make it so that people can answer you and you can start a conversation. You need to stand out in some way. If we all have the same basics and same everything, next, next, next. So you've got to find a way, think of it as applying for a job. How do right. you stand out? How can you show that on the app and on the first date? I love it. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to do a little game for all of us right here. Okay. All right. Best opening line. Ready? that Chrissy I feel like you're gonna like take the cake on this so I'm gonna let you go first take the take the floor what is okay, so the one I love mm-hmm. one two three if there's any photo of the person with an animal whether it's their dog whether it's a pig I'm like is that, okay I go ahead and I say oh is that your ex how am I supposed to compete with that with like the rolling the oh animals? that's uh, funny I love that. that or sometimes they're like what, what photo? Oh my God. Yeah. You probably see that notification come up and you're like, Oh my God, did I not crop her out? Once. Like <laughs> happened once there was an ex next to the person and he was holding a dog and he was like, how'd you know? And I was like, wait, what? Oh, Whoa, that never yeah, yeah. Oh my God. So why are you posting your ex on your dating? Yeah. Well, yeah. Get out of here. Exactly. That- I was like, recruit the next. But anyway, that was mine. I love that. Okay. Your turn. I feel like if I was going to do an opening line, it depends. Like in person, I wouldn't say this, but on a dating app, I remember using things like, okay, like pizza or tacos or something, just like giving them an option. Cause I think that sparks like conversation or, okay. Or just being like, you're on death row, last meal ever go. Just giving them so that they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. I, I would say something similar to that of just getting to know their personality real quick yeah like what okay you have one sweet what are you going for is it ice cream is it cake you know we're related we're always asking them about their taste in food and if they can't get excited about food it's an immediate no and i'm on to the next i think that's good another one some people like to do is what are the what are the last three emojis you used or the most common one it's like the eggplant yeah and if it's the eggplant (laughs) just you're nine yeah like crying every time you are canceled um but I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about just you as a person you and your journey you have like oh wait Chrissy did we lose you oh no oh your map just did like a backflip that was was wild really weird it it knew we were getting to the juicy stuff yeah it was preparing but you've had not only do you have such an incredible job but you have also an very inspirational story and I just left brunch being like she came home and was like I just met this woman and I have a new perspective on life so I just would love to just kind of share it with everyone you have such a a positive outlook not only when it comes to dating but also on your like your health and your wellness um I know you also recently, um, we saw you published a book, which is so amazing that we're definitely going to have to read after this. So we'll link it for everyone. But um, if you are comfortable, I would love to open up a little bit about your um, health and wellness journey and kind of what you've been going through over the past years. And I definitely, we need to get to your live funeral. This is just amazing. <laughs> I would love. 
Yeah. So when I was 27, so I'm 31 today. So weirdly, it feels like yesterday, but a few years ago, basically, well, at that point I was out and about so social, loving it, throwing parties, but my hangovers were the worst. So bad. I basically lived six days a week being so freaking hungover. We'll never know if and why it's because of what I discovered. So this wasn't during college. So this was after college that the hangovers were like, and you're like, maybe I'm just getting older. Yes. My stomach has always been bad. We'll never know why, but long story short, I started feeling ridiculous and meaning that it would be, I would all of a sudden feel like I was going to throw up. I would get goosebumps and then there'd be a pounding in my head. And sometimes I wouldn't be able to read or speak. I had no idea. I'm such a hypochondriac. I would Google anything. Oh my God. That is where you run into trouble, right? You have a fucking ear infection and then you're like, I need to chop my ear off. I need to start a new life. It's over. Chop my leg too, baby. Just to be safe. So I'm I'm texting everyone, including my mom, my friends explaining. And they're like, Chrissy, you're fine. You are like, you're hung over. Yeah. Chrissy, you're fine. It's a headache. It's a migraine. Come on. I'm like, all right, whatever. So eventually it didn't go away. So I went to the ER, NYU, and they were like, you're dehydrated. Send me home. Nothing changed. So then I was like, all right, what do I do? Of course, texting my mom. I call her my Google, my my mom, like always going to her. And I was like, what do I do? Oh, I call my mom after everything. (laughs) Yes. If you don't feel any better, you've got to go back to the ER or call them. Like, then what do you do? They said, go to your, your doctor. And I was like, am I the only one who doesn't have like a primary care doctor? Like, oh, I, I just found out that my OBGYN can't be my primary care. And I was like, why? <laughs> <laughs> my guy and I was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> exactly. I so remember I messaging like, her for my ear infection and she was like, she's she like, like, I really am going to have to send you <laughs> elsewhere. <laughs> I can't with you. <laughs> anyway. So, so with that, I go send me to anyone. And I went to a random one and he was not nice at all. And basically sent me right back to the ER. So I get there, I'm a hot mess. My mom comes in from New Jersey and they're trying to just send me home telling me again, I'm dehydrated. And she goes, something is not right. Can you just do an MRI? Something did an MRI. And I find out that I have a brain tumor. And that was the most wild thing to find out. So they weren't going to do the MRI unless your mom came in and pushed for it. That is is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, like I never, and that's never the thing I would have Googled and thought, you know what? Did you find out the same day, like the doctor walks in to the room, basically being like, here is what I saw. You found out the same day. So I was just chilling in, it's like, feels like a basement of an emergency room in, you know, end of January, it's freezing and they come, there's this, those like, you know, the lights are super bright and I'm so uncomfortable. And I kept saying, mom, I just want to go home and watch friends. Like, I feel so terrible. And they come over and they say, so what we found is you have a brain tumor and we need to do emergency brain surgery. And so there was about four or five days in between when I found out I never left. So I was at the hospital and then I went and had that, that emergency surgery. Um, that's where the live funeral piece comes in. Um, do you have any questions there or do you want me to keep going? So, so when you say live funeral, basically like you are getting all these texts from friends. Exactly. Just kind of saying exactly. how they because like, feel wait, about you I and how like, they are affecting your how you affected their life because they didn't know if you were gonna make it. Totally. So so what happened was really like I'm someone that gets a paper cut and I'm like this is so bad. I also like couldn't give blood because I would faint. Right. Like mm-hmm. I am not somebody that was confident that I could go ahead and not only have brain surgery but be awake during part of it. Which yeah. Is, which is not an option. So you kind of get, and I had never experienced this, but when something this absurd happens in your life, 
you have no options, right? And so you have this adrenaline and you're like, I'm doing it. Let's go. I wasn't sitting there. Google, I didn't Google anything. I didn't know yeah. what the possibilities were not working out from the surgery, whereas everyone else was, right? And so people were hearing, friends of friends, social media, everyone's finding out, hearing the words tumor, brain surgery. Right yeah. away, they could think, oh my gosh, we could lose her, right? And so I get, within those few days, I got hundreds and hundreds of texts and calls and gifts from people close in my life. Also people I went to school with in like elementary school that I haven't God. spoken to. And it completely shifted my mindset towards life because things can change overnight, can happen tomorrow. We have no expectations. We don't know. And then when we find out, it's a matter of, whoa, the things that I thought mattered, don't. things I complained about, see you later. And, and even so, like how I feel about someone or something, now I share it. I was like, even with the dating, you make me feel a certain way, you will find out, right? Like, why are we hiding it? And so that I basically have taken with me and I call it like my live funeral because so many people pass away. Then everyone shares what yeah. they to them at the <laughs> funeral. I got it at 27 years old and I'm taking it with me the rest of my life. And I'm ironically grateful for what I went through because of that. It's so <laughs> incredible. And I think you can honestly be such a better, even just better human, but better at your job too. Just knowing like what matters, what shit doesn't matter and be so much more of an effective coach. And I think, um, just, it puts a lot of things into perspective. And I have to remind myself of that. If I complain that my UPS delivery is a little late, Chrissy, (laughs) your brain was cut open. Appreciate life. So I do, again, I'm a real human and we all have those ups and downs, you know, I'm not perfect at all. So it's nice to kind of remind myself of that. And then boom, I have that mindset again. Oh my gosh. Okay. So let's walk through this. You make it through your life, you know, you make it through brain surgery. Then what? Great question. So then I had inpatient rehab. I, I basically had double vision for a while and I was anxious as hell and I just didn't know what was going on. So I was a super outgoing, chatty, going on tangents kind of person like today after that <laughs> surgery, I was so shy and quiet. My family, my friends, they were like, is this the new Chrissy? I'm back. We're, we're good. But I was just really afraid. I felt like a kid. Um, there were just, you'll see this in my book. One example is I was with an artist in the, in the inpatient rehab and she had me put a little Valentine's day paper together, cutting out hearts, gluing them on. And then the next day I see that it was put up on in my room and I freaked out. And I thought, have I just reversed from a, you know, almost 30 wow. to 10 years old? Like it was a weird, yeah, basically, I can like, only had to also count do- dollars and coins. And I had to practice normal words, what kind of animals are in the ocean. So I really had to start from scratch physically, mentally, um, and emotionally, of course. And then right there, I dove into egg freezing. Um, because I had to go through radiation and chemo and I can talk about that, but that was kind of all within exactly six months. That is insane. Going from making a Valentine and naming your animals and then needing to talk about fertility and freezing your eggs. Um, I guess why the egg freezing and kind of what has brought you to that? Yeah. So basically there's always that question of whether it's radiation or chemo, we don't know what that can do to your fertility. Do you want to freeze your eggs? And so you guys may have, you may have worn in the nineties, two thousands, that yellow live strong band. 
Yeah. That is Liv Strong supports that. And so I used to wear that band, never did. I never knew that I'd be somebody going there for financial support and freezing my eggs. And so I did that. And this is kind of leading towards another channel. But what's really interesting is now where do those eggs go? And so I found out that many people, of course, women with tumors, they are not suggested to have kids because with those hormones, when everything, when it all starts boosting, so could the size of the tumor. And so with that, I say, okay, that means surrogacy. So I did a ton of research and found out there is no, it's not existing. There's no financial support for cancer patients with surrogacy. So, so I went and I put together a presentation, did that to live strong and it's being worked on right now. Oh my By the time I'm ready for that, there will be financial support. And I just like passionate as hell about that because it's so needed. Absolutely. That is incredible. And is there something that we can do now as people that want to support a cause like that? I'm like, I'm so yeah, I'm on board. rally behind you. No, that's an amazing question. The thing is, there's no answer at the end of the day. What I feel, and this is something in the future that I would, would think is if somebody has any relations or passion or experience through someone in their family or someone with cancer, they ever thought, you know what, I will provide my eggs or I will be this person carrying that baby. Who knows? Zero expectations for now. It's just, I bring that up because I think it's something so needed. And a lot of times we don't realize until we're involved. And then I realize, oh, I'm passionate about something. Whereas before this entire journey, I would just wake up, work out, go to work, go out with friends, go to sleep. I didn't feel driven in some way. And now between work and this journey, I'm a totally different person. Right. I really appreciate your outlook and just the way that you're not able to be like, oh, well, this happened to me. You're like, I'm able to do this because of this, or I look at things this way. Um, I do kind of want to tie it back to dating though. Like, is this something that you feel as though you need to bring Bring up? up? Like, is it something that you bring up on the first date? Like, how do you even go about it? And how is now the tumor affecting your life now? Great question. And so, yeah, so I basically went through the year of chemo and it ended when COVID was starting that spring. So I was like, my freedom, there's yeah, no not quite right. I call it the year of the seas. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I bring that up because I had to do one week of chemo pills. It was double strain every month for a year. And so I was living a normal life, but then there was a week where I would just go to my house, my family's house in New Jersey, hide and get through that. And so I would be going on dates. I would be going out with friends. And if someone saw me, they wouldn't know that I had cancer, right? And I think that's really wild. Yeah, like, everyone has these like yeah. pre, uh, I guess, conceived notions. About, yeah, like, oh, a cancer patient is bald and has yeah. and looks weak and tired and yeah, hundred percent. And so did I. And so it was definitely I was trying to live my normal life, go back to that. But then I also with someone, and I still do today, I kind of title myself, I have that C on my forehead because I'm passionate about how it changed me because I'm passionate about helping others. And so long story short, when I could show up on a date, they wouldn't know until I tell them. And so I tell everyone that I work with, all my clients too, if there's some kind of past or journey or something you're hesitant about, and you don't know if you share it, have an elevator pitch, whether that's going to be on the dating app, whether it's going to be when you get there on that first date or after three dates, the more someone has that and knows what they're going to say and how they're going to say it, the more confident they are. That's so awesome. Yeah. That's such a good tip to just. So I have one um, because I also 
haven't been drinking by choice since then. Dating, especially in New York, revolves around drinking. Yeah, I can imagine (laughs) that being very challenging. So sometimes, I mean, there's been a time where I was canceled twice by two people in the same day because I said I wasn't drinking and I was like, all right. Wow. I I don't know what to do, but long story short, I show up and when we go to order drinks, I order my seltzer and then I tell them and I say, put your drink down. And I speak about my journey and it is now, not when I was still on those pills, it's in the past. And so I share that like, it has made me who I am today. Probably the biggest thing people may not accept is that I'm not drinking, but really what's cool about the cancer that I have, the brain tumor is that I get an MRI every several months and they just make sure it's not growing. So I'm told by my oncologist, who's freaking amazing um, at MSK, she's saying like, think of it as diabetes. You have this forever, there's no cure, but watch yourself and you can live a normal life. And so that's what's really cool about it. And that's why I'm extremely passionate about cures. Why I love cycle for survival that's mixed with MSK and Equinox. Because once they find one, boom. Whereas in the meantime, I'm living my same life, but I'm doing everything I can in my control to be healthy only thing I can't control is that. Right. Controlling what you can control. I mean, it's amazing the amount of, I know Equinox classes you show up for, you almost have this like fitness community. That's kind of who we went to brunch with. There's all these people that are so passionate about not only like finding friends, but having that healthy balance. Right. And you feel like you still can go out and I mean, I'm assuming it's the same way for dating for you. Like, does it bother you when the other person drinks? Great question. Not at all. I love everyone in my life, mostly drink. Yeah. my family loves to drink, like very social, all of my friends, partiers. That's where I sometimes get insecure of, yeah. I used to be the one throwing the party out yeah. every night. Now I'm like, all right, I'm going to go watch friends and eat chocolate on the couch. Have fun. See you tomorrow. And I'm at the gym at seven. Right. So I'm the one in inter- having an internal battle with the old Chrissy and the new Chrissy. And I have to remind myself that where I'm at today is best, but I love being around. I go on that date. I say, get your drinks have 10, have five, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I will take care of you. <laughs> I say, you know, whoever it is, just see you in the morning. Like, yeah. don't wake me up when you come back because at, at the end of the day, I still can just adjust my lifestyle to everyone else's. It's just sometimes I miss that little, ooh, I was tipsy. And I could change my mind tomorrow, but I don't miss the hangovers. Yeah. I don't miss basically living six days a week. I call Sundays now my Ferris Bueller day because I used to just be so hungover ordering Chinese, watching Netflix documentaries. Today, I'm like, what am I going to do? <laughs> so pr- productive like, AF. Yeah, exactly. And I love that. And I don't regret it. I'm like saving so many hours, so much time, money, anxiety that I could see myself staying this way. We'll say forever, but hey, things change overnight. You never know. <laughs> yeah. No, I think there's a lot that can be learned from this podcast from you. Um, the little stuff. The little can't wins. sweat over. I think that's what I want to talk about too. Yeah, just like the little wins and just your outlook on you being able to be like, oh, like I got onto the subway, win, win. And like I was even saying that to Leah. That's yeah. the one thing I said about Chrissy. I was like, okay, I need to start like change my perspective. And I'm right. like, okay, like I made it to class with an extra 15 minutes to grab a coffee. Win, win. That's a win. Exactly. And I came to that because. During the seas, when it was chemo and COVID and cancer all at the same time, I thought, you know what? I have to find a way. I have to find some positivity. And so I took a virtual course anyone can take by Yale. And it's the it's basically the science, the course of happiness. It's basically the science of happiness. And with that, you're learning about all these different things. One that I still need to work on is meditation. 
<laughs> same, us same, too. Yep. us too. Right? Like all these different things. And at the end, you take one that you're not really practicing, do that, and you'll see that it can really lead to happiness. So I took being grateful. I've never really been one that shot it down in a journal every day or anything like that. But then I started doing it. However, after a little time, they were the same damn things. My smoothie, my family, my friends, like it was just getting so lame that I was like, all right, let's switch it. Then I just started doing little wins of the day, which like you said, you show up at the subway and right away the train comes or you forget an umbrella, you know, you're about to be poured on, you get inside, you look out and then it's a torrential downpour. So I started with that. And then I realized way more than three, I was not journaling them. It now at this point today, as they happen, they pop up in my brain. So it's now like a natural shift that is so freaking awesome. Um, I was always the one that could sound like a Debbie Downer. Didn't even realize when I was yeah. talking to people, mm-hmm. I'm just complaining. Now, when I hear people doing that to me, I'm like, ooh. Right. That's probably an automatic, like, canceled on the date. Like, if they are just a Debbie Downer, I hate right. my job. I hate this. Like, my boss did this right. to me. You're like, you are miserable to be around. Yeah. Right. And we all can do that, but I really do think that the little wins is the first place everyone can start, even if it's one in that day. Sometimes if I'm talking to someone negative, I go, all right, what was a little win? And even if they say I yeah. woke up, right? Yeah. I got a snack, then I'm like, there, little win. It's all we have to focus on because especially in the last several years, there's so many negative things. There's yeah, so much. So much to be stressed about, so much to worry about. But if you focus on the good, it really does change your perspective and perspective is everything. And I guess my last question for you is like, do you think you need to be happy as a person? Like how much truth do you think to the statement? Like you have to be happy individually in order to make someone else happy. Great question. So I think, I think the answer is yes. I think what also goes along with it is knowing yourself, like feeling ready, especially in the dating aspect, people can come from a breakup and feel really down and feel like something's missing in their life. Yeah. So they think, Where's my person? I need a person Mm -hmm. to fill that. And I say, no, if there's a void, you're the one that has to fill it. And we find that with dating, the most success comes when someone is the best version of themselves. When they have done that, when they have, whether it's coaching or the way they feel or or their job, everything, when you feel ready to go, that's, that's contagious. Like people absolutely can see that. And that's when you're ready. So that's one in terms of the dating. And then in the happiness sense, I think it's important. What's interesting is I've done a ton of the self-help books, reading, you know, natural ways to try to cure that cancer that can't be cured. And one that I find interesting and I'm obsessed with is positivity kind of can shift the journey someone has, whether it's cancer or an illness. And when I read that, that people can live many years longer through happiness, I was like, I'm going to stay the way I am. And some people may be listening to this and thinking, you know what, though, they, some people say that positivity is toxic. Like I do have a poster in my apartment that says good vibes only. Many people say that's wrong because we have to be able to feel right. And, and you'll, if you look at my one second video where I capture one second every day, oh, I cry. Oh, I'm miserable some days. So we really need to make sure that we are open and have it all. However, I do feel that there are situations where you can seek positivity right. when others just kind of go the opposite. Right. And then so those, like yeah, those bad <laughs> moments make you appreciate the good ones that much more, the yeah. small ones that much exactly. more. Yeah. We're like, have your moment and then, and then reel it in. 
and then being able to pull yourself up. But Chrissy, thank you so much for coming onto our podcast for all the advice, not only dating advice, but just like life in general, positivity advice, happiness. Um, we are so excited for this to air. Um, and with that being said, wait, Chrissy, plug, where can people find plug you? Yourself. Plug yeah, yourself. Your book, your book and um, the your matchmaking, matchmaking app. If yeah. are interested in Amazing. services. Okay, cool. So, and this is where we'll see, does my brain work with names, dates, and times? Yes. Guys, I still, what is it? So obviously I know my name. Kristen Stewart. <laughs> the book is called My Brainstorm by Kristen Stewart. It's on Amazon, super short and sweet. And the company is three day rule. And you can go to the site. However, I am matched by Chrissy and I can provide you guys with my link. So if anyone goes, signs up, takes two minutes to join, totally free. I'll be the one that's notified. And then I can follow up with you. And that Instagram is matched by Chrissy. My other Instagram non-matchmaking is kstu underscore 28. Amazing. Yeah, I, don't know, I don't know about you guys, but if I were listening to this podcast, I would want Chrissy to set me up with someone summer everyone's running around running yeah around. it's hard Fall is coming everyone I'm not sure when this will cuffing air. season and they are ready to date. <laughs> so now is your time get to back cuff. on the app and start cuff cuff them oh. cuff them <laughs> in <laughs> whatever right. way you want to take that <laughs> and with that being said you can tone from home you can tone from your phone but all we ask is that, that you, you don't, don't tone alone, alone. Uh, bye guys <laughs>